Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas today in the beverage space. I'm so excited to introduce you to a really cool new brand called Colony Cocktails. And on the podcast today is Jessica and Philip Miller. Guys, it's so great to have both of you here today. It's great to be here. Yes, thank you for having us. This is so fun. I mean, like, I can't even wait to dive into not only your product, but like how you guys work together and you start your own business together. I mean, this is really cool. And it's not often I get like the both of you on the phone. I was, I was thinking it might be just one. So I'm so excited you're both here. And um, I can't wait to to introduce our audience to your company and background. So let's do this. I, I did my homework on you, Philip. I saw, you know, in your background, what you were in the media space, you're creative, um, market, marketing communications, um, and whatnot. And Jessica, you have marketing background. So I'm curious to know, how did you guys decide to start this business? Well, we, first of all, we always <laughs> wanted to do something on our own. Um, for ourselves, we wanted, we craved that sort of entrepreneurial um, freedom. Um, and so we, we kind of worked through a bunch of different ideas yeah, and landed on many, many ideas. <laughs> and were they and all beverage? On... Like, were they all no. beverage? Or, okay. <laughs> no, awesome. I mean, some stuff in the pet space, some stuff in, you know, men's accessories. I mean, we ran the gamut of, of different ideas. Sure. And, um, but were they like, is it because you're both highly creative or what did you find was the burning kind of reason behind all the ideas. I will say for me, the entrepreneurial piece of it was really because I am creative and, you know, I'm still side hustling and have had, you know, over 20 years in a corporate job. And I think that's the most limiting experience for me is not being able to create something in my own vision. Ah, So that's what really drove me. But it was like, Finding that right thing that just clicked, it was, you know, you kind of go down a couple different paths and then you have that moment where you're like, yeah, this feels actually really right for both of us. And you get that like huge burst of enthusiasm, which you need to keep totally. going to get you through. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So. Yeah. And I'm sure many of our listeners are nodding their heads right now saying, yep, we, we totally get that. Now, um, so you had a lot of different ideas and like, were any of them pretty close? Like, or was the colony cocktail idea kind of the top of the list? Like, what did that look like? This was the runaway idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, definitely. This was no, no question about it. Once we kind of figured it all out and did our, our homework, just, you know, how we could do it, if it was possible, all the different details of, you know, distribution, how to put it together, who could help us formulate everything. We were like, okay, well, we're in this. We, we just got to make this happen. Oh, I love that. Well, um, let's do this. So Colony Cocktails, um, you know, I was reading another story you had done and it talked about the fact that, you know, and if you think about making your own simple syrups with infusions of this and that, we realize most people aren't going to do that at home, but should these people be denied a good cocktail when they're not at a bar? And I think that's actually a cool why, but uh, share with our audience though, like what you guys are doing and, and kind of the big idea. Yeah, I mean, we, we're, well, we're cocktail enthusiasts. I mean, we have a pretty well-stocked bar to begin with. <laughs> I assumed. <laughs> and, and even we would find ourselves, you know, at that point of, 
there are cocktails that we love, but they're just so complicated that at the end of like a weeknight, do you really want to go through the whole process um, of doing that? Or, you know, certain things where you're like, oh, I've got this infused gin that took 24 hours to make or this really complicated (laughs) simple syrup. And, you know, if we were as cocktail enthusiasts weren't willing to maybe go the extra mile to make a delicious cocktail at our home and just open a bottle of wine or something else because of its ease. Okay, well, there's something there, right? Totally. People should have that convenience of being able to just have the ease of of opening something simple, pouring it in a glass, um, but still not lose, you know, the taste and the flavor and experience of a beautifully crafted cocktail. Yeah, I love that idea. And I will tell you, I'm guilty. Like, so at the end of a day or a week, like I default to like rum and Coke Zero <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Instead of yes. thinking like uh, um, uh, a complex drink that has all kinds of different this and that's a different measurement. And I'm like, I, I don't have time. Like, I, I, I don't and I don't know unless I go read a book or I pull it up online. You know what I mean? Like, I know, mm-hmm. um, I think. I had read earlier, Philip, that you were a bartender. So, like, you know how to, like, do that naturally. But most people, I don't think they do, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, you know, I still have a lot of uh, bar books and recipe books um, that I have to reference, you know. Um, But, you know, your basics, uh, certainly we have those mastered here at the house. But then, you know... But what we really wanted to do with our flavors was offer something that was classic and also unique and different from, you know, what's out there because this ready to drink space really was blowing up when we were coming up with this idea. Yeah, there's yeah. no doubt. I mean, so for again, for those who haven't been to colonycocktails.com, um, wine cocktails for spirited celebrations and vibrant living that give back with every sip. It sounds amazing. You've got three different brands here. Um, why wine versus distilled spirits? Explain to our audience that may not understand like how the product works, like how you guys landed on Sonoma Wine. It's really interesting because our journey did start. We're like, ah, ha, cocktails, let's do this. And we had started with the idea of one particular cocktail, which is now our Biarritz, which is based on the French 75. And that happens to be one of my favorite cocktails, but one that we rarely made at home because it requires champagne. And, you know, you, like you want to, you open a bottle of champagne, you're kind of in it to win it. <laughs> but you're like, only. <laughs> yeah. You have to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're only using a, a small amount to, to make the French 75. So um, we started going down the rabbit hole of like, okay, how does this work? How do you do flavors? But then also, like, legally, how does that work in terms of, you know, permitting, selling, retailing. And we happen to actually live, and I think this actually benefited us. We live in a control state here in Virginia. So, you know, we were up against what we wanted to be featured if we're in, you know, a brick and mortar retail store. We wanted to be in gourmet markets. We wanted to be in, you know, high-end grocery markets where people are going and they're grabbing, you know, whether it's cheese and crackers, they're going to be entertaining. And, you know, it's that quick impulse purchase, right? We wanted to be brought along for that journey. And here in Virginia, if we had distilled spirits, we would actually not be able to be sold there. We'd have to be sold in um, an ABC, you know, state-owned liquor store. Got it. So you remove that whole impulse purchase. Somebody's got to go out of their way to seek you out in one of those retail establishments. And so, you know, for us, it was just like a clear decision 
we wanted to be wine-based in order to open up our retail opportunities. And so that's why we went wine-based. Okay. Yeah, so, the distribution model okay. is much easier with wine. And, it, and that, that's not just in Virginia. That's all the control states. And even within states that aren't, um, you know, control states there, wine is just much more uh, widely distributed in those places where we wanted to be. Sure. That's yeah, totally makes sense. Now I want to rewind just a little bit. Um, you know, you had this, you had a lot of ideas. You thought this is going to be your go-to idea. How did you actually go from, okay, this is a great concept and we can use wine to, you know, putting it in a package and like, and making it something that's saleable. How did you figure that out? Um, you know, I think having, Oh, again, over 20 years of working on branding. And like, that was my, like, that was immediately where I just jumped in. It was, it was almost like developing the cocktails was okay. That made sense. And we're going to do that. And okay. What different flavors did we want to go with? But you yeah, know, that was the easy that, fun part. That was the easy <laughs> right? fun part, right? Mixing up different cocktails and be like, yes, this is the one we want to do. Um, but I mean, I jumped right in right away with developing the brand because for me, that actually helped, you know, create a vision of even like what flavors we wanted to focus on as well. So yeah, she's the us, creative one. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> it kept us all really grounded. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a wild ride, right? You're talking about do you want glass bottles or do you want cans? Do you want this? Do you want that? And you have so much to figure out. And you know, you learn a lot along the way too. Of you know, you know, if you go in bottles, you know, things degrade. And so your colors will shift and change and it has like a shorter shelf life if you put it in there. So, you know, cans are, are a better option. And also from a recycling perspective there, you know, you can recycle aluminum pretty much until the end Absolutely. of the day. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just, and it's just been a huge, it's a, it's a huge journey. We continue to learn every day. I mean, we, we entered a space that neither one, I mean, aside for, from him being a bartender, no real experience in, you know, cocktails and alcoholic beverages and any sort of packaged goods, to be quite honest. So it's sure. just been a, a journey along the way. And you, keep, you just keep learning and a little bit of like faking it until you make it. I, I totally <laughs> get it. And again, I think our listeners, many would be nodding their heads. For those who don't know the ready to drink cocktails market size. I mean, this is a huge market opportunity. It's, you know, I was reading a recent report from Grandview, Grandview Research that this market will be $1.63 billion in this market by 2027. And, and that it's just expanding um, at an incredible pace. Um, in fact, I think it was the last number I saw from 2020 to 2027 will be growing at a 12.1% pace, which is amazing. Um, okay, so you guys, you have your idea, you're, you're moving into packaging. Was there an initial like trial of flavors? And, you know, what, what did that look like in terms of figuring out what was going to actually taste good and work? Yeah, well, you know, we, so we started with the French 75. And that, you know, again, even with that, that you if you if you go in on the internet and search French French 75, there are probably 37 different recipes that make that. So you start at home and you're like trying all the different recipes to figure out which one do you find the best, right? Making it at home. Um, and, And again, we tried to also create three different flavors um, or three different cocktails that appeal to different people, right? So you've got one that's that French 75. We've got another one that's more fruit forward, um, the Tangier. Tangier, And then we have one, yeah. And then we have one that's, you know, for people who like something a little bit more um, with a stronger flavor. So people who may like more of a whiskey drink or like their bitter drinks, like a Negroni, like our Charleston really speaks to them. 
Yeah, so you would like the Charleston because it's more of that aperitivo kind of bass note to it. Um, so, you know, you're trying to make sure that you're not just creating like the same flavor over and over um, <laughs> that you do have, you have, you're appealing to, to probably as many people as possible and you try at home and you basically do these home recipes. And again, some of ours, the original recipes that we made at home had distilled spirits in them. Right. And then we take them to a flavor development company. Uh, very good. Who, okay. They, yeah. So they basically take your recipe and then they, they create, you know, the formula of how to do that, with wine only um and how to create that same experience with just a, a wine driving the, the spirit aspect of it um and, and only flavored and colored naturally. naturally so you know you can they basically they're scientists sure and the, so they're kind of experts of that process and they are did they help you figure out packaging and how to how to make the, the can and you know and how to make it into a saleable unit etc they 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 figure out how to make it shelf stable um so that you know obviously it's not going to degrade and then they can give you guidance on you know what's the best kind of packaging and they help you you know figure out all of the different also legalities around like what size can you can use and like there's there have even been changes since we launched last spring in what we can now sell like it, it used to be that we could only sell four packs and now we can actually sell individual cans too so it's so wild like <laughs> the, the laws around alcohol and totally. the way that they were written. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the system is definitely designed to be intentionally complicated because it was, you know, the three-tiered system of alcohol beverage was, you know, came out of the prohibition. Sure. So, <laughs> and it hasn't yep. been rewritten since. <laughs> no. And there's a lot, big market being made out of that, obviously, yeah. uh, at least yeah. in North America. Um, okay, so, and then what? how did you guys sell at first? Was it website? Was it you know, did you have an initial retailer or two? Like, how did that work in terms of seeing what was going to actually sell? So we, you know, honestly had to wait until we had our product in hand. Um, so, you know, on pins and needles as we went right. into production, right, right as COVID hit. And then, you know, once we had all of our firm product with the packaging, it was Philip going out and loading up the car and going to Knocking retailers. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Cold calling in the middle of a pandemic, which right. people were really open to having people, you know, I'm sure. Yeah, how did that work <laughs> out? Because, I mean, you guys, I know we talked before we hit record that, you know, that your momentum was building and growing. And then, you know, we hit COVID-19. How did that affect you guys? I mean, it, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was insane. It really, um, you know, we we had our date set for a production run um, that were set actually, I think, for the end of March last year. They were. And they just they got pushed a couple weeks because basically we're produced in California and California went into lockdown. Right. Um, oh, <laughs> so thankfully, um, all the uh, while, our ingredients yeah. are starting oh, to arrive. <laughs> we have ingredients coming. We oh have ingredients gosh. that we can't source because they're delayed because of the pandemic. I mean, there was a lot of last minute trying to get something on a truck like in an afternoon to get it there on time wow um so it was it was a wild ride but i think having been through that and the stress of that and still being able to come out and and have a product it really proved to us that like 
Well, I think we can probably manage anything at this point. Right. Yeah, it's stretched you guys, right? I mean, you know, now you can handle you know the other types of things that could come up, right? Yeah. Speaking of handling things, like, do each of you, do you find that one of you, you know, is more the, I, I kind of referenced it earlier, the creative side of things, or one of you is more the business ops side of things? Like, how do you guys divide up the responsibilities as the husband and wife combo here? I do what she tells me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so certainly one of you, I mean, right? Right? Doesn't yeah. one of you find yourself running certain things and another leading the others? Is that how you guys have found it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I the creativity piece of it is the piece that really drives me and I love it. And I do know that there are realities too of the sure. business operations. We kind of share a little bit of that because getting the day-to-day done and we just opened up our online shop so but that was philip managing all of those aspects yet at the same time i pay all the bills so it's like i get the creative and some of the administrative and he is helping kind of grow our distribution footprint have those conversations and he gets to do all the stuff that i'm more of an introvert he gets to talk to a lot of people which i like handing that off to him hey that makes sense um and then now as things have started opening back up are you guys what's the big focus for this year as we look ahead i mean expand our footprint expand our footprint and i think you know we literally just two weeks ago um opened up online retailing which for us because we're not we're not legally a winery so if we were legally a winery we could sell direct easily ourselves um we have to go through that three-tier system so it took a little while for us to find the right partner get you know so that we could actually ship um to 43 states plus uh the district of columbia got it and you know that's going to change things for us but what we found is that I like every four months, the way that we're dealing with our business has changed. So it went from really small, like local markets in the beginning to then trying to get a distributor and getting into Whole Foods, like in our region. And then it shifted from, you know, getting into Whole Foods to now like, okay, now we have to get that direct to consumer piece of it. Right. Just, it changes everything from your marketing plans to, you know, what are you doing? And so we have a little bit still of that, getting that distribution out in brick and mortar stores as well, as well as direct sales. So it's, it, it's constantly shifting. I think you just have to remain nimble and know that things are always going to be changing and you're sure. going to have to change your approach. Yeah, you've just got to be flexible. Yeah. And did you guys find you know, I'd say partners or individuals that helped coach you in, in certain aspects of the business that maybe you weren't experts in? What did that look like? I, I think we, we learned a lot along the way, but I don't know. I, yeah, I think we learned a lot along the way, but, you know, um, I, I certainly know that we've had some really great retail partners who have been very, very helpful in um, just making connections with people in distribution, um, and understanding the business a little bit more from sure. their perspective and on that level, um, that kind of coaching and guidance and support, quite honestly, has been fantastic. That's awesome. One thing I always love to ask our guests is, you know, you guys have been through uh, at kind of the early stages of b- making a product getting and getting it out to market. What would be two or three lessons learned you guys would share with other entrepreneurs that are listening? I always expect the worst to happen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's, okay. never, it's never going to go according to your plan. It's Murphy, Murphy's law. Squared. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but the more that you keep an open mind, um, 
you know, it, it can be challenging, but anything can be solved. And, you know, as much as I think the other thing is also trust your gut and your instincts, because I think sometimes we lean on, on people we trust is like even legally speaking, like working with lawyers who we found out we knew more about what we were trying to achieve than they did. And we had, we probably spent a lot of money in legal guidance that we, <laughs> we managed sure. to figure out on our own. Absolutely. So, you know, sometimes it's a little bit as well of like, trust your gut when you feel like something's off, you know, maybe pause and, and do a little bit more research yourself. But I think the, the key is honestly staying nimble because in, in this world, the way with, you know, dig digital tra transactions and also just everything that just seems to happen, even, you know, nobody expects a global pandemic. Right. You, ha you have to be able to react and just be like, you know what, we're going to get through this too and just find a different way of doing things. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. And, and I think, you know, being resilient about it, too. Um, there's something about just, you know, telling yourself it's OK. You know, there are going to be bumps in the road, but you've just got to keep your head level and just keep on plowing. Yeah. Like when we thought we were going to have a bunch of product delivered to our house and we had nowhere to put it. Um, <laughs> that <was> another... <laughs> That's always <laughs> a fun challenge. <laughs> it, was, it was about to be loaded on a truck and we realized. Well, that's way bigger than we were anticipating. Yeah. And now we got to find a warehouse. <laughs> um, that's actually really funny because um, I mentioned earlier, my wife and I have a little side business and we make these card games. And so, yeah, there, um, we had a retailer they needed a, a, it was a pretty good quantity. And, um, and we were like, yeah, just ship them to our house. And they told us the size of the pallets and all. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, I don't even know where pallets <laughs> where is that gonna go <laughs> anyway if you don't think about that though right i mean it's you, just you interesting <laughs> yeah until you get the, the dimensions of the pallet and then you say well, right. that that's a lot yeah that's the whole garage plus the basement plus <laughs> Exactly. Well, then you calculate the weight. And you're like, wait. Oh a my god. Yeah, and your 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 shipping beverages. I mean, that's the other thing, right? Beverage beverage weight is just. I mean, that's that's a challenge, right? For shipping. Absolutely. Oh. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with the brand, buy your product, etc. Yeah, I mean, our our brand website is colonycocktails.com. You can click to buy us directly from there or go, go directly to shop.colonycocktails.com. And that's right to our e-commerce platform. That's awesome. It's really cool. Well, if I'm, you're in Virginia, D.C. Yeah. And, and North Carolina, you can also find us at uh, Whole Foods and lots of different specialty beverage uh providers yeah. that's awesome yeah that's exciting i mean the fact that you guys already you know have some retail traction too is is amazing well hey listen jessica and philip it's been so great having you on the podcast would love to have you back on i mean just like it's you know great growth opportunities in front of you and by the way i, I can't wait to see like what might be the next flavor or two added i'd, I'd love to know um what that looks like and uh, so look forward to having you back on absolutely love thank it. you so much justin the ContenderCast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.